Welcome to City Chapters Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby J. Today on this chapter, we got my friend Juan Jaramillo. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were practicing that name before, just to make sure I got it right, you know. Uh, Juan is the owner of Cornerstone Physical Therapy. It's located up on Garland, uh, like right next to the revolver up there. Uh, Me and Juan know each other originally through uh, playing soccer together. And uh, I've been running with them ever since they let me sub on their team one time. I love playing with them. And now we got a solid squad. and Snagged you up. Yeah, we'd be running it up for sure. Uh, so that's how I know Juan. I think Juan's an amazing individual. We always have great conversations. He's really tapped in with a just a lot of different thought processes that I go through. And so I think it was just natural for us to have him on. And I would just want to learn more about him and his backstory. So what's up, Juan? How you? <laughs> hey, man, it's honored to be here, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm honored for the invite. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is exciting. Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm stoked to have you. Uh, like I said, we've always had great conversations outside of soccer, you know, and uh, a few times I've came up to the Harami Show <laughs> Casino, you know. <laughs> we're, so, we're known to get some some cards going. Yeah, for sure. You just had your 40th birthday, man. which was an amazing time no, up there. It still sounds weird, man. <laughs> yeah. To say 40 just sounds strange. But yeah, yeah, we yeah. had a... My wife went all out, man. We had a good party. Yeah, your wife killed it, man. Yeah, dude, I told her, I was out. like, yo, good job, good yo. Like, you crushed this yeah, party. Man, like, dude. it was really cool. I yeah, told her I'm looking forward to 41, see what she's got planned for 41. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. was like, nah, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you guys have a beautiful house. That was a beautiful party. You got to meet some cool people that were from Florida, which yeah, is where you grew up at. Yep. Yeah. Were you born in Colombia or Florida? I was born in Florida. So my, my parents and my sister uh born in Colombia, but I was born in Florida. And I just kind of moved around okay. different parts of Florida. Yeah. So your parents and sister mm-hmm. were born in Colombia? Your yeah. sister's older? Yeah, she's got 12 years on me. She's, she's 12 years my, older. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In fact, my dad just went back to Colombia today from here, 4 a.m., yeah. yeah. So he's still living in Colombia mm-hmm. now? He, like, moved back there at some point. And- yeah, he moved back to, you know, he wanted to retire out there and just the easier, slower pace of life out there. So mm-hmm. that's where he's at. And my mom's here. Your mom's in Spokane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what year did they move from Columbia up to Florida? And what part of Florida were you guys in? So that's it's an interesting story. So they actually met in the States. They met in New York. And so um, they were both from Columbia, met in the States. And um, I think the story goes in in, uh, in New York or, you know, there was recession or, or work was tough. <clears throat> and so like many people, they ended up in uh, Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, working up there. And then mm. um, so in my they were going back and forth, Florida to Alaska, and I, in their time in Florida, I was I was born, and then we moved to Alaska. So my, I actually feel like I was born in Alaska because my my earliest memories were there. But mm. you know, they got tired of the cold and whatnot, so we ended up back in Florida. Okay, and then that's where I came up all the way through college, and then moved away. And uh, what, did you say what part of Florida you guys were living in? Or did you bounce around different areas? Yeah, or? yeah. I was so I was born in Central Florida in Ocala. Okay. We call it Slow Cala, but a little mm-hmm. town 
outside of Orlando. <clears throat> and then um, spent uh, kindergarten to freshman year in high school in Orlando and then moved down to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Mm. And then that's where I met a lot of my friends that well, you met at the party. Yeah. Um, and then from there, moved up to Tallahassee for college. And then uh, then after that, left to Arizona for grad school. Grad school. Mm-hmm. What uh, what sports did you play growing up? Was soccer always <clears throat> in the picture? Soccer was always in the picture. I think my dad wanted me to be like the next, uh, you know, soccer star. Like he had me playing soccer at a young age and just was really encouraging me. And so um, I started out with soccer and then I wanted to branch out, start playing football and basketball. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the neighborhood, it was basketball. So I just yeah. grew up, you know, balling in the neighborhood and then um, went back to soccer in high school. Yeah. And haven't stopped since. Yeah. Yeah, man. Nice, man. <laughs> so. I didn't have the height for basketball, you know, or the size for football. So soccer just, soccer was it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever visit Columbia when you were young growing up? Did you guys go back there to visit other family members or yeah yeah we did we would go back and in fact we were like on the verge of moving there as a Mm -hmm. kid and i I forget what happened why we didn't but yeah we'd go visit and then it got pretty rough out there and so we stopped going yeah and then um later on i I went back and visited and this is like during some of like those narcos epidemics like we're just going crazy down there sadly very familiar with that situation our family was but um yeah. But yeah, it was kind of rough down there for a while. And then uh, thankfully it turned around. Yeah. It's I've heard it. I heard it's not bad now as like it was at least. Like, right. Obviously, there's danger anywhere you go, really. But uh, nothing like what it was. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's probably more dangerous here, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah. My yeah. dad, you know, he was, he was here. He's telling me, he's like, man, the amount of Americans you see just living there. And all my friends that you met, uh, are actually kind of living there. They live there. Yeah. They get about 180 uh, days a year, and so they they've been. It's just cheap, and it's just a great place, man. So uh, yeah. So yeah. Obviously, I'm glad I stayed here. That they my parents didn't move me there, but uh, it's a it's a fun place to visit for sure. Hmm. Do you have any like memories of visiting there when you were a kid <clears throat> that like stand out? visiting columbia like yeah man any, like was when was the first time or like what like what's a cool story from visiting columbia when you were young yeah you know there's like the first time you ride like a horse or a donkey i think i forget what oh, i was yeah. on man just took off down the hillside yeah um i remember we were off off the coast and we were on this boat and i forget what we were doing i must have been like six and we were just cruising and i remember it's just beautiful and there's islands and the boat just just ripping and there's probably 20 people on this boat and I, for whatever reason, I was like, it'd be fun to dive off this boat. And I jumped off the boat and just freaked everybody out. Like, what is this kid doing? Yeah. You know? But uh, no, Sounds I mean, like I, me for sure. <laughs> like, why would you do that? I, I just felt like jumping off the boat. Yeah. Uh, but no, other than that, man, just the food and the people, man. That's really what stood out to me that I remember as a kid was just like the people, man. Like the people are just so friendly and happy mm. and they're not like overworked and stressed mm-hmm. and just like to themselves like you see here more over there it's like everybody comes over everybody eats you know it's just yeah more community based yeah and they yeah. they tend to really respect um they tend to really respect kind of uh the traditions and 
Yeah, so, so just the random thing that stands out to me is like they still do, you know, they used to do like the milk bottles, right? You used to like deliver milk to the door and you put the door. They still do that with like soda mm. or like, so I would walk the streets and you'd see just soda bottles all lined up. And so they just would recycle the bottles. They would reuse them. Um, you go to the mall and there was like real silverware. I remember thinking like, wow, these are metal. You know, it's so weird, you know, because yeah. here's this plastic and you ditch it. You know, it's just easy yeah. in there. It's not so much about doing what the easy thing is. So I, every time I go and I come back, I, I was would have like you know life lessons like, oh man, you know, take care of your, take care of your community. You know, don't waste. You know, stuff like that. Hmm. Very interesting there. Like <clears throat> you'd get into like a really nice car, and I remember it was like a back then it was like a Mazda or something. It was hmm. like you know like dang, look at that Mazda. Yeah, and nobody had like air conditioning, and they were all manual shift vehicles you know like nobody had automatic even though it's a brand new brand new car it was like still manual no ac it was just just different right like people mm-hmm. weren't used to all the luxuries that we have and so i i just think it was always good to go and then be like kind of reset a little bit you know yeah yeah man it's a beautiful place man it's been too long since i've been out of the country i want to go to Colombia for sure it gets you, man. You go there and you're like, oh, man, I kind of want to stay I, here. Why yeah, do like, I live in Why would I go States? back? Yeah, I know. Every time I've gone somewhere out of the States, I'm like, I have a hard time. I yeah. mean, that's just being real. I have a hard time wanting to come back to Spokane. Sure. I do. Um, but, you know, I will say Spokane for me, and I know yeah, that's, that's kind of the theme of this. Yeah. Um, to me, has that feel. To me, it's like a, people ask me all the time, why did you come here? You lived mm. in South Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Why would you come here? Yeah. I just like that small kind of feel like everybody's grinding, you know, everybody's, I just, I feel like there's a little bit of that that you don't have in big cities, you know, big cities, Mm -hmm. you're just another person. You're just Mm -hmm. trying to make it, trying to hustle. And over here, it just seems different. So I kind of, that's, that's one of the things I like about Spokane, but, um, I don't know how we, we got on that. No, that's a good point. I, I like that you brought that up because I think that a lot of people struggle with seeing what their environment is when they've only lived in it primarily or been Mm -hmm. in it primarily and to like not see the blessings you have is a is it can be hard for some people right like a lot of people that have moved to spokane didn't grow up here but moved here love it here yeah and you ask them why and it could be completely different like a person that's grown up here could feel and I've felt this way and I still struggle with it that people aren't very open here mm-hmm. it's clickish here you know but then somebody that it, like people are not very open to talking here you know like you get some of those narratives which are pretty common you hear about Spokane but then you talk to somebody that moved here and they're like oh people are so nice yeah, here bro, yeah. they're like yo they're like it's just like I love the people here they're yeah where I came from so it's like these different perspectives that you get and I think that's you know a big point of the topic I do want to speak about on this podcast is like these different uh, perspectives of Spokane, like how you see it versus how I see it or what I struggle with, where you kind of like feel like that's a thriving factor Mm -hmm. here. So what, uh, we'll we'll just skip to that since we're on that topic for now and we can double back on some of the other stuff, but what age did you move here at or how long have you been in town roughly? Man, I've been here since 11. Uh, so a so little over years. 10 years. Yeah. So I was coming up on 30 uh, when I moved here. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a little bit about, 
I remember the first few days we were here, we're, we're coming off I-90 on the Division X and, you know, right by the, the burger joint there on the right. And Dicks? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, now, yeah that's right. And so yeah. I, we were at a light and this car pulled up. It's like lo- lower your window, and you're just like you know where I'm from. It's like yeah, like yo, like oh, that's a little. What, what do you want? You know, and, he, <laughs> yeah. and he's in his car, just like, and then I'm just like, I lowered the window, and I, I kid you not, the dude goes, "Can you believe this weather we're having?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What?" You know, just so, and, I, and it, it, that's what I liked about it. You know, you go to a store yeah. and they help you. You know, where I'm from, they're just yeah. like bothering people. So, huh. um, you still f- experience that to this day. As much, I think you probably just get used to it. Yeah, you know, so you don't. It doesn't stand out. But I just remember that that stands out to me. Where you're just like, yeah. man, this dude wants me to lower my window. Yeah, that would be a little. And then just tell me, like, can you believe how nice the day is? And I'm like, this is kind of weird, man. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, that was for a point a minute ago. But yeah, man. Um, I, I think what I like Spokane. You know, I think about this a lot because one, I do get asked this probably five six times a week honestly with what i do people are like what are you doing here like how'd you end up here mm-hmm. but i think what's cool about spokane is we completely chose it man like there is i have a cousin here and and, and i but we we just completely were like this is where we want to be you know we we've been all over new york seattle portland i mean i've been all over i was like no nah, this is and so we chose spokane they didn't choose us you know like we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't grow up here where you're like oh i kind of have to be here or whatever like mm-hmm. now we we kind of chose it and how did you guys choose it? How did you come visit? Like, how did the visit come happen? And you guys deciding this being the place? Yeah. So when uh, when my parents and most of my family um, were were doing the Prudhoe Bay, Alaska thing, you know, mm-hmm. so they worked two weeks on, two weeks off or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were all in Anchorage at some point and most moved away. Well, one of my cousins, uh, him and his family stayed in Anchorage and then they ended up moving to Spokane when he was in middle school. We're the same age. And so we would come visit, you know. Um, oh, really? Yeah, we'd come visit for like Christmas or whatever every once in a while. Oh, and I was okay. like, ah, oh, this place is cool. But never thought I'd live here. Yeah. And then I remember we went to Seattle when I was in grad school. So I went to graduate school in Arizona. Excuse me. And um, we went to, uh, so my wife's best friend was getting married in Seattle. And we were out visiting. And I remember we were in bed just laying down, checking our email. And one of the directors was like, this is my last year of grad school, and it was like, hey, there's some rotations in Spokane. Well, we were just in Seattle. We're like, Washington's awesome. Arizona's hot, you know, like. And so I was like, man, what are the chances? We're here in Seattle having a great time. And two rotations pop up in, in Spokane. And she was like, if anybody's interested. And uh, I think I called my cousin. I was like, hey, you know, could we stay with you if, you know, he was like, absolutely. So I was like, yeah, you know, sent back. Like, we're in. And my wife and I both both got um, – we both landed the rotation, and so we were here for, the rotation was eight weeks, eight or 12 weeks, I can't remember, but it was like the end of summer, which is like mm-hmm. the best, right, in mm-hmm. Spokane. I mean, you, you catch mm-hmm. the tail end of summer, so we're doing Coeur d'Alene and all that, mm-hmm. and the fall came in, and mm-hmm. um, and we're like, oh, this place is, this place is dope, man. This is this is the spot. So we were camping, we were fly fishing, we're doing it. I was like, man, we're moving back. This is mm-hmm. the spot. So. We did our 12 weeks and went back to Phoenix, wrapped up school, did our thing, lived there for another year or two. And then we're like, all right, man, we, it's time to go. So we, we just we just rolled up, man. We just moved. No job or nothing, man. We just loaded a trailer yeah. and just showed up. So you didn't know you wanted to open a practice when you moved here? Or? Yeah, that was, you know, that was actually one of my downfalls in grad school because that's all I could think about. You know, I was in class just thinking, yeah. How do I open a clinic? How do I do yeah. these things? And I, when I should have been paying attention more in class, but I was just like building. Yeah. I always knew I was like, 
that's the only way I'm going to do this is open a place. So when we moved here, we didn't want to be committed, right, to like a job or like committed to just being tied down. So we started a contracting business. So we just kind of filled in around town mm. just to kind of get to know the different places and, and feel out where we wanted to be. Check the vibe out, like how rehab rolls here. You know, it's just different everywhere you go. And so and so um, we just did that for a little while. And my first contracting gig, they just like, what's it going to take to get you to stay? You know, and I was like, throughout my ideal scenario, they're like, cool, done. So I was like, all right, I guess I got a job. <laughs> and um, so we did that, man. And, and it kind of got a little messy and uh, that practice was struggling a bit. And, and uh, we were, Stacy was pregnant with, our, with Gavin, our oldest. Um, and it was, he was due just like the day after Christmas. Mm. And we had been toying with the idea of a practice, but it was like, we're not ready. We just moved here. We have a kid on the way. Like, just put that you know just set that aside for a little bit and just before christmas man the uh, the director took me to lunch and i'm like you know and i was kind of building up their practice i was bringing new new clients in i revamped them from paper to electronic i mean i did a lot for them i was there for like eight months and the dude's like Juan, appreciate what you're doing but we gotta let you go man like i'm like what are you talking about you know like dude we just did all this stuff we're bringing you up what are you talking about They're like well we got some stuff going on and so this was like Two days before our kid was supposed to be born, I get I get I get laid off, and I was like, "Damn, all right." So uh, I'm like, "All right." So we have the baby to do our thing, and and then I was like, "Oh man, I gotta like find a job." So I interviewed. I got this offer, and I was like, "Damn, that's a nice offer, but uh, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. It's, we we gotta do our own thing." And so Stacy really she pushed me. She was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do this," and I was like. Yeah terrible timing you know like it cannot be worse you know mm. and she was like let's do it and so we did man we just kind of knew in town didn't know anybody and just just started a practice just kind of out of out of necessity really because i gotta let go and that was the start man that's how we started kind of a man kind of a, a fast track way to that story man but yeah that's, no i like i like it so what were i mean that's a that's a tough situation emotionally mentally like all that that's that's gotta be it's challenging regardless yeah. of how you process it so like what were some of the what were some of the emotions that you dealt with in that time and like ultimately coming to that decision to be like no we gotta do it <clears throat> or was it pretty quick that you came to that conclusion and it was like i don't got time to sit here and feel right. any of these things i got a kid yeah i'm not gonna rely on nobody else i'm gonna start my own thing man how did it go <laughs> you know your... i wish i could say like oh, i was like yeah let's do it right you yeah. know like i got course, this yeah no nah, we was, would all want to yeah, be able, nah, I was but most, i was yeah. terrified man terrified was, right yeah. well you know uh, again i, got, I would be <laughs> i would be well you know i think as yeah. a father as, as a guy like you yeah. just have these thoughts i gotta provide i gotta protect i can't put my family at risk all those things and, and logic really kicked in man logic was like it's dumb you know like you don't know anybody here all these things and it's like all right and then my wife's you know she's more like fire aim ready you know she was like what's the problem you know i'm just like what do you mean what's the problem you know like are you kidding me but uh so she was kind of that that pushing force and i was kind of like okay let's figure this out think about it fear confidence fear confident you know just back yeah. and forth yeah but um i think we've just always had that mentality like if it's meant to be if it's right 
it'll it'll work out. And if it's not, you'll you'll see the signs pretty quickly, you know. Mm. And you can recover from anything. It's kind of with the mentality we've always had. So mm. that was it, man. It was a emotional emotional roller coaster, man. Like for me, you know, just just I think just just fear, you know. But yeah. but really, <clears throat> like I say, just fearful. But but dove right in. And um, yeah, I think fear is healthy and natural. It's just how you deal with it and whether you let it cripple you immobilize you or if you let it drive you you know as i think when you're you're nervous about something or you know have fear about something that you kind of have a dream about or deep down feel like that's that's what i want to do that's really what i want to do right but can I, should I? Right, right. Then that's the thing you should do you or you should make happen because that fear is typically, especially with starting a business, it's not going to physically injure life. Right, Essentially. Right. You not know true. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. most likely yeah, yeah. the, 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 very, <laughs> right, the right. ratio is in your favor, right? You're, right, gonna, right. you're probably going to make it out of that. Right. You know, and so understanding that, fight or flight stress response that we get to making a decision like that it can be hard to like sure. get to that place where like i'm not gonna die we're gonna be all right worst case scenario is really not that bad right like might as well go for it so and and it sounds like stacy kind of like kind of was like more um kind of like your support in making that decision like we're gonna be all right like let's do it yeah and helped that's great man having that support system with somebody because sometimes you know some like we all go through phases sometimes and it, it seems to always be this way typically like there's there's one person in the relationship and that role can switch mm. it's not just always one person like one person's dealing with something making a decision mm. and the one is there to support and then yeah. it flips and it's the other way a lot of times you know where you that support system so important man to have yeah. and a team man yeah having that good team and her and i just being a, a two-person team was was great and now as we've grown that team the needs of that team continue to grow I and mean, you just have to have all those right pieces in there man but yeah but yeah man so what year did you start the business then you said you were here around 29 2011 or so yeah so uh so our oldest was born in january of 12 mm -hmm. and i remember we were doing the build outs so she we, we both were contracting right so she had a contract that she was able to go right back to mm -hmm. um I forget two months after you know she delivered um and so since i didn't have a gig i was kind of like all right i'm gonna stay home with the baby do all the baby and then just like negotiate contracts and do whatever so i just remember i was timing stuff around his nap time you know like all right he's napping i'm gonna make these calls you know or like dealing with the contractor all right i got the i got the baby in my arm and i'm in the you know in the building as a build out you know and then i like you know telling the dudes all right turn the saws off for a little bit he's sleeping let's talk you know just like yeah. just doing that and so yeah so 2012 was, was when we got rolling yeah so he was he was about two months old so i would say spring of 12 so we got rolling so you've hit your 10 year mark yeah this year 10 year anniversary 10 year yeah that's huge man it's crazy 10 years is 
It's a good run. It's crazy. Yeah. And all the stuff that's happened in between is wild. But yeah, man, 10 years. It's weird to think. That's weird like saying 40. Like you're like I'm 40. It's it's weird. Yeah. I feel like we just opened, you know. Right. I hear you, man. I'm, you know, I'm not 40. I'm 33, but I know like 40's coming quick. Yeah. And I I think about where I'm going to be when I'm 40, you know. And that's why it's good having you know, friends like you in my life now that are older, not by much, but you're older, but you have your, you know, dots in a row f- from what I see. You know what I mean? You got, uh, it all looks nice. You know what I mean? Sure, you, sure. you seem to be living a, a <laughs> pretty that, well-balanced life. Like I come over to your house and I'm like, this is the vibe, you know, <laughs> this is like, I'm serious though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is like the the things that I want to attain, but also attain with being a balanced Mm -hmm. and well-minded person, which you have, you know, like you, you're into spirituality. You're into like a lot of different aspects of life that I'm into. You're into outdoor sports. Mm -hmm. You have a, a business centered around wellness really, you know, and helping people be well. And, uh, I don't think, Mine will be in the medical field as much, uh, but similar is I want to help people out, you know, with city chapters and and uh, figure out how to build good community, good yeah. friendships. Like, um, yeah, man. So health, yeah, healthcare or whatever you want to call, it, you know, anything. It's just a tool, right, to accomplish the same thing, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's good, man. I'm, I'm I love seeing people do that, you know. And you, you know, you talked about balance. When I was an undergrad, you know, when you do your, you, you, you know, you're doing pre-med and you're trying to decide, all right, what am I going to do? You know, what kind of, what am I going to become, you know? And I remember when I was interviewing different, different types of, I, I knew I wanted to go clinical. I knew I wanted to be a healthcare provider, but what kind was a question. And I had interest, man. I was like, ah, for a while there, I, I wanted to be, a, I'd worked in a, in a, in a biomedical research facility. And so we would do like these surgeries on, on animals, just kind of a, you know, it's, it's looked upon now, not, not, not so favorable. But at the time, you know, you would do these, these procedures, like, oh, for a while, I was like, man, I want to be a surgeon, you know, or like, I want to be, you know, whatever. But every time I'd go down that road, it was like, that's not going to produce a good work-life balance. You know, I would be like, what kind of hours? Ah, working 70 hours. Just crazy, like, lots of demand and liabilities and and just all these things. And I was like, nah, so that was one of my drivers, you know, actually about that balance. So I started out that way is what's going to let me explore what I'm interested in, what I'm good at, but most importantly, man, what's going to give me that balance of like, not, not running myself to the ground, you know, and physical therapy kind of checked all those boxes. So that, that, that thought just popped in my head when you said that. I was like, I started from the beginning. How am I going to get that work-life, that balance of just like not being overworked mm. and being able to think and rest and enjoy, you know, so that. That's huge, man. Like, I don't want all the money and not have time for myself, for rest, for. Right. I'm definitely trying to, you know, at ten, Tim Ferriss five four hour work week, yeah. you know, like I'm trying to chill, do the things I love, work on some projects, and yeah. and make really good money. Uh, I think inevitably, inevitably, I'm trying to like 
blazed my own path. But mm-hmm. along that way, like I've also like I've not pushed hard on certain things mm-hmm. because I'm like I could see where that could consume me. And if I'm going to be consumed by something, I think naturally it'll be something that I just wake up and put all my energy into, you know, like snowboarding is one of those things, but I'm not um, at a current place where that's going to pay me, you know, and I'll never be a pro, but I still think there's ways I can navigate snowboarding and business to get, um, hooked up on gear, which I've actually recently been able to do that with a company, you know, where like I'm trading my services and I'm getting gear for a lot uh, at a at a really good price compared to what I would pay cash for it at sure. retail price, you know? And so there are some of those things that are starting to happen where like my skill sets are like helping me advance in my hobbies too. Nice. Um, and I think with city chapters, there's all sorts of opportunities of ways that I can work with companies and brands to gain me access to different things if I wasn't doing this kind of work, you know. And yeah. I've already seen it happen multiple times with what I do with city chapters. So, but that's the thing, like, you know, like I see people that own businesses, and I mean, it destroys people. Like at what cost are you gonna run your business and and yeah be your own boss, but you're your own slave too. Right, right. And um, <clears throat> I've come to realize too, like I don't need a lot to live good. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, of course, make good money and um, have nice things, but I don't need a lot of things. Is also what I've come to realize. I'm right. like. Currently, I'm like, I have too much stuff. I've been trying to get a, rid of yeah. stuff, minimalize, you know? Like, I, I only like to wear, like, really, like, one pair of jeans that are my jeans. I love those jeans. I'll wear those every day. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter to me yeah, what yeah. anybody else thinks if I'm wearing my same jeans because it's just, like, <clears throat> those are my most comfortable. I keep them clean, you know? Or yeah. whatever I own is clean. It's nice, but I don't need to have hundreds of options in my shoes or like, you know, and I have homies that are that way and that's for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's like, and I have homies that are like live and breathe their business, you know, and and they love it. And that's great. You know what I mean? But what somebody else is doing or what you see somebody else having success in doesn't necessarily mean that's the right recipe for you. And I think that's where you got to be careful. Like we're told, oh, you need to work day in, day out on your business. There is no sleep. There is no weekends. Like if you want to be successful, you have to do these things. That's not true. You know, like that's just what you're being propagated. And if you eat that up and set that as your truth, then that is going to be your truth, you know, but there's also more than ever, you see plenty of people that live a free life and make good money and have nice things mm-hmm. and do what they want to do. And they just, you know, the earth is their turf. I love right, that right. saying from Mac Dre, you know, that's, <laughs> that's some old school. I like that. <laughs> the earth is my turf. You know, that's like an old line turf. from a, a Mac Dre song. Um, and that's how I like, I, I try to practice that abundant mindset and it's hard, you know, like, there's times, of course, where you deal with like, I'm not doing enough when you try to find balance in your own life and you're like, oh, I know 
I need to work more. So I say all that to just say like, it's a constant battle with me and like finding the balance. And, you know, I, that's good that from the, the get go, like you kind of were really thinking ahead yeah. of like, okay, if I do take this job, this career, right, being a right. surgeon, whatever, like, what does that really mean for me long-term? Right. So right. to have that pre <clears throat> kind of, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's, um, it comes from, I think it's, I think it's a biblical principle. I don't remember if it was a, somebody taught this based on biblical principles, but the saying always stood out in my mind and it, and it says to begin with the end in mind. Hmm. I like that. I've heard it before, but yeah. not in a while. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's, I always, I apply that to, every, there's a few things I apply to every most major decisions mm-hmm. that uh, I'm involved in, but that that's one that that's one of the ones on the top, you know, begin with the end in mind. So if I look, what does the end like look like for me? Mm. And so you start from the end and just work backwards. Mm. So this decision I'm about to make, does that line up with how I want the end to be, mm. you know? And if they don't line up, then it's probably not the right decision, you know? Mm. And so everything I went in, I've, I've gone into, I always think about it like that. It's a really good principle, especially, I'm thinking of uh, snowboarding right now because yeah. it's like definitely been pushing the boundaries and starting to get training for backcountry riding. And, you know, that's a scary and amazing place. It's amazing. But what's that end going to look like as far as like the terrain I choose and like the risks I'm willing to mm-hmm. take back there because uh, I want to push my limits in snowboarding, but I don't want to. I don't know if I want to die for it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, what am I willing to risk to ride for what cause? Like, yeah, what's yeah. that end look like? Me under yeah. an avalanche? <laughs> that shit scares the hell out of me, right. like, as it should. You know, and some people are, they like, that's okay with them, you know? But um, I like, you know, using like the sports analogies because, I don't know, it just helps me kind of conceptualize in a different way than when I just think strictly on business. Yeah. But I like that. What, you know, what, what is that end going to look like? like? Yeah. You know, kind of using that as an example of, of, um, of the, of the snowboarding. It's almost like if, if, so like what I do to me is what I was completely meant to do. Right. It's completely my, I feel like we're all born with natural gifts and talents. Yeah. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Well, like if, if the snowboarding is that, then you almost look at it is uh, those consequences, not that they don't matter. Yeah. But you wouldn't want to sacrifice what you're supposed to be doing for the fear of a consequence. You know, so I, exactly. I was going to look at it like that way. Yeah. So when we go back to when we opened up and if, if we would have failed or whatever, it's like, well, it doesn't matter because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So if I fail, it's because I, I missed the lesson that I should have, I should have gotten or I got ahead of myself, mm-hmm. you know, so it kind of humbles you. Like, uh, you got to go pay your dues a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. like you have to go learn a little more. You, you weren't ready or that's kind of how I look at it. If we would have mm-hmm. failed mm-hmm. And the same thing with the snowboarding, you know, I mean, if that's what you're supposed to do and that's your talent and that's your, you know, if, if you accomplish that and now you, you could die a happy man, like I did mm-hmm. my thing, mm-hmm. then it is what it is. That's, that's what you yeah. got to do. You know, that's why I always look at it like that. I agree. Fear is, uh, is a difficult thing to navigate sometimes because, you know, to live a full life, you have to conquer your fears. Yeah. And regardless, 
of how safe I might want to be in the backcountry, there's going to be variables that maybe I can't foresee or control. And you have to accept that regardless of when you go out there. And there, that same thing applies in business. You know, there's all sorts of changes in my five years of owning almost six years now. Well, let me, let me think. I guess I'm really at basically six years now. So you're coming up on 10 also. Yeah, I'm basically <laughs> at six years. So that's, yeah, this month I'm at like six years officially, like since I quit my job and started my businesses. So, hmm. Which, by the way, man, your, stuff is, think your, of that. your stuff is nice, man. This fits, yeah. this fits real good. The shirt you made for us, the sweaters, money, man. I, yeah, you got a real you. talent, man. You got I'm, I'm a fan of your work. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, um, man, I've been doing this, uh, like, clothing thing since 2011 after I got out of jail from, like, doing six months. And... You know, that's kind of where I came up with the idea to start my own businesses and clothing. And yeah, man, I started off with zero (laughs) graphic design skills, (laughs) making some graphics off some like Mac app. Like that was just not Illustrator, you know, (laughs) basically like paint or something, you know. It wasn't that bad, but it was it was somewhere around that area. And, uh, you know, printed my first shirts on Gildan T-shirts. And, mm, yeah. And now to see, like, where I've came to now, you know, I was just so foolish in my 20s, really. I, I uh, just didn't, and I, you know, I didn't have the presence of mind, man. I was like, I really was really pretty messed up in my 20s, even after getting out of jail and stuff, like, getting my life together to start thinking like a professional. Uh, that's a, that's a hard concept to realize like that you're a professional, right. And whatever you do, like people like always feel like I'm not good enough. Right. I think most people feel that way, you know, and well, I, I can't say that I've felt that way. Yeah, yeah. I can't speak for most people. Sure. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to be better about speaking in general for people because I don't know how most people really truly feel. Yeah, yeah. But for myself, uh, you know, I've always, I kind of dealt with not feeling good enough, even though I always got a lot of recognition from friends and people in the community or even people I didn't know, like, I love your stuff, I love your stuff. But to me, it was never good enough. It's never been good enough. And only till recently have I started, like, you know, I do try to approach and do things in the best way possible that I feel I can at the Mm -hmm. time. And if I look back at it and I'm like, oh, things could have been better, then I'll work on that in the future. But I don't really feel that what I do is not good enough anymore. Like I feel like I've reached a plateau and a level to where like everything that I touch, I make sure like it's going to be quality. It's going to meet the certain standards that I've set for what I want my work to represent and that my clients, uh, if it's from my client-based business, are going to be happy with the whole process that I provide them compared to what some of my competitors offer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I appreciate the compliment. It's great to, like, deliver somebody goods and them 
be really happy with it. Sure. Cause that's obviously my end goal. And, uh, and I'm getting finally back into design and city chapters gear. It's going to be focused on just for Spokane. And, uh, we got these beanies. Juan is wearing one, uh, these beanies, we made three colors, black, dark green, Navy, and the patch on it says Spokane for the love of the city. And, uh, you know, these are going to be available on the website and whatnot, but, it felt good to make these, you know, and get back in the game with some new merchandise. Um, you said a, you said something there that, that resonates with with uh, with me is kind of everything that you touch, you try and just give it your all. Mm -hmm. You know, when people ask me about business or like, how'd you get started or or if people were wanting to get into business or whatever. I think that's what's going to make you successful. I think that's what's going to be the the deciding factor uh ultimately whether you're gonna survive in the short term or in the long term is if that's your sole purpose every single day is to just make whatever you touch better like whether it's a beanie a sweater whether it's you know whatever the business is eventually you'll start to just propel past everybody else you know and it might not produce in a year or two or five or 10, but eventually it'll blow up, you know, yeah. for you. And so I think just hearing you say that, I'm like, oh man, I mean, I already see the quality, but I think continuing to do that, you know, where you're going to be in six months or 12 or five years. Yeah. There's going to be nobody doing what you're doing, you know, yeah. to that level. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've struggled with business, like, <laughs> <laughs> like struggled. Welcome, everybody. Right. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's the thing people need to know, too, is like your purpose might disappear mm -hmm. for some time. But yeah. if it's really deep in you, you're not going to give up on it. You're going to sit back and realign yourself mm -hmm. and try to figure out what you need to do differently. And I, I guess that's probably the one thing in me, like with city chapters and what I do with clothing is like, there is something deep down in me that feels like this is a part of what I'm supposed mm -hmm. to do. And, um, you know, I, I just know like Nip, Nipsey Hussle said, like one of the defining factors for him was just that he never gave up. You yeah. know, I think, I think that's one of the most essential things in business that you hear from most people that are successful or, mm -hmm were you know like steve jobs said like you better love what you do or you won't have what it takes right. you know because it will break you it's gonna test you on every level and it certainly has tested me i just keep getting back up and trying again and um you know the uh the podcast itself is giving me a lot more purpose again because i just love having these type of conversations yeah, yeah. and learning from people and how they think about business or what they've been through. Um, so I guess going into that, uh, you know, one thing too, I wanted to mention is like, I was talking about being a professional mm -hmm. and I think one thing that is important if you're going to start off in business and you've done your due diligence and you've listened to people in business is like, approach the business and act as if you already are a professional mm -hmm. in what you do yeah like 
you got to do your research and, mm-hmm. and do the things. And I think getting going is important too. Like sometimes you just jump in and that, like you said, you're on this boat. Yeah. I'm just jumping in. I'm just jumping in. Like sometimes <laughs> that's just how it has to go in life, you know, but if you jump in and you, you get, you like recover, you know, yeah. then it's like, okay, like I'm in it. How do I start acting as a professional? Yeah. Yeah. Cause the other part with where we're at in society is like, dude, there's so many people do, trying mm-hmm. to do something. If you have any chance, you have to try to do things at a top quality tier. Otherwise, you're just not going to, I don't feel, maintain a relevancy that yeah. can last, you know? Right, right. But if people know you're mm-hmm. at least making an attempt to be professional, mm-hmm. You're trying to do the best that you can. And that that best is can look pretty meek when you look back at it right. 10 years from now. Like 10 years ago, I look at what I created, mm. gilding t-shirts and stuff. Like uh, not at a very good quality level of what yeah. my level is at now, but I kind of just jumped in. And it's taken me down this road of just learning how to get better. Right. But... I think that professional mind state is, I think it's important. I just feel like when you start thinking like I am a professional, yeah. you tell yourself I'm a professional <laughs> at whatever you do. You just start, you just, do it, you just start making professional level stuff. Right. But if you're like, oh, am I good enough? Are people going to think I'm good enough? Mm-hmm. Then that kind of shows in your work, you know? Right, right. But if you switch that professional mind state on, like your work's just going to be that much better. Oh, for sure, man. You know, there's a, <clears throat> again, it, not like a biblical scholar or anything, but there's a few things that have helped me. Um, you know, one of them was, uh, I can't remember where it is, in, uh, but it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. So like that, what you think mm-hmm. is what you are, right? Yeah. So that many people have said that in different ways, but yeah, it, kind of like when you're saying professional, or just sometimes we get like this imposter type syndrome. Yeah. Like, I don't belong here. I don't. But it's like, well, man, if you really just believe that you are, and you just convince yourself, then you start making moves like you are that person already. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you said in, or a little while ago that. You struggle with sometimes maybe not believing in yourself or whatever, man. And I, I, I had the opposite problem where, and again, I, I don't know why, <laughs> how I got like this, but I, sometimes <laughs> I believe in myself too much, and I'm yeah. like, yo, slow down a little bit. Like you're yeah. not there, you know. You yeah. gotta. Um, but yeah. but really, it's man, what 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 you really think, and so, I've just kind of always used that to make sure, um, whether it's playing soccer or like. In business, it was always like, man, I belong here. It's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then, you know. For sure. And it I, just works out, man. It's weird. It's weird. It just works out. Yeah. yeah. That you have that doubt, man. Faith, man. Yeah. Faith. If You know, like you're saying, like, you're not a biblical mm-hmm. scholar or anything, but the Bible has so many great principles and uh, you whatever you want to call uh, theories or... Um, yeah, principles, I yeah. guess, right? Like ways. It's people that have done it before. Right. Just because it was a long time ago, we tend yeah. to like write it off like, oh, it's different. It's the same. No. They were yeah, going through similar things back then. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think people had a lot more clarity, had less distractions back then. So there's a lot sure. more wisdom way back then, I feel. But, but yeah, man, it's, 
it, it applies. I think it applies. You said, uh, as a man thinketh, so mm-hmm. he is. Basically, there's there's a book, As a Man Thinketh. Oh, yeah? Um, I think it's James Allen that writes it. But you could just mm-hmm. look up that book, anybody listening, As a Man Thinketh. That's a great book. That basically goes into the law of attraction, manifestation. Mm-hmm. It is, like, based off the Bible of the book, but... That it's really short and easy to read, but it basically covers exactly what you're talking about, you know, what you think about, you you become. Yeah. And uh, that's why, like, affirmations or, like, repeating to yourself, you are what you want to be, whatever that is, and you keep telling mm-hmm. yourself that to override the lizard brain that's trying to instill <laughs> right, that right. fear in you and trying to stop you from whatever you want to attain and whatever you want to do. I mean... We look at certain people that live these crazy lives as if they're on this other Mm -hmm. realm. I think it's even getting to a place where it's like these people don't even seem real to us anymore. The things that these people do, like through all these social medias and things that we see, it's like, oh, that's so cool. This this thing is happening with this person out there. But this is really a person who's really out in the world Mm -hmm. doing this ludicrous yeah, yeah ludicrous thing and people right. are out of their freaking minds yep. and the things that they accomplish and do like when i watch snowboarders i'm like how can somebody huck themselves mm. off a kick like that and cover that much ground or that big of a gap and do something so smoothly mm. and think that they could go do something like that but they did it you yeah. know and and they increment incrementally work their way up to being at that level but the biggest thing is they believe they could do it right and that's the difference like people who believe they can go do insane things it's because they believe they can yeah they don't accept that notion in their mind like oh that's that's that could kill me or that Mm -hmm. whatever it is the fear they overcome the fear and um you know i think that's that's like that's another thing I love about snowboarding for myself is overcoming fear. Because, yeah. like, last year, um, I've always rode hard and, you know, been a, a decent rider. But, like, last year, I really feel like I pushed myself a lot further than I ever did in any mm-hmm. season. Like, I, I got my... Uh, I got my Wildcats down, which is like a, a just straight backflip. You know, I got other variable backflips down. You know, like I really push. I'm, and I was 32 last year. Like most people aren't learning backflips at 32. Yeah. And I, I've been riding since I was six. So I knew how to do it in my head. But it was always like a thing like, oh, there's not enough powder or there's not enough, you know, like whatever. I don't need to be doing backflips or whatever. Um, but last year I got to a place where I was like, I don't think I can live with myself <laughs> calling myself an avid snowboarder if I don't got my wildcats down, mm-hmm. if I don't got flips down, like I need to be doing that. And I literally pretty much landed my first one. Like it was just, nice. that was, you know what I mean? Like, just like, but to me, the way I was processing it in my head was like, Dog, like you need to face your fears. And if you can face your fears snowboarding and going and hucking yourself into a backflip and coming and doing things in business or whatever it is, it's not as scary, you know? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I, I can do that. Like, this isn't really that scary. And I'm not going to even get hurt. Right, right. My feelings may get hurt, <laughs> but 
my feelings have been shattered so many times in life. Once you yeah. get to a certain age, like you either overcome it and keep pushing or you let it destroy you and start breaking you down. And I think we all go through those waves, like where no matter what life can get overwhelming, but it's just that point in time where you're going to have to decide like enough's enough and I'm going to start building myself back up. So I like it, man. Yeah. Snow. I, I mean, that, that, yeah. So for snowboard, <laughs> I'm not recommending if, people to go try backflips on snowboards to overcome your fears that was my story so i like it though man don't try that at home man, unless you're good enough but. <laughs> yeah man I, yeah 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 i watch those guys i don't know how, how, you, how people do that but yeah and then there's still levels that i'm like i don't think i would ever try that you know like no. it just is that just seems insane <laughs> so uh you mentioned earlier uh principles that you kind of use in making decisions we mentioned the one which was it wasn't as a man it, what, what was the one begin with the end in mind begin with the end in mind what are some of the other ones that you use man there's so many um another one that um I, there's probably at least three that um that i use for everything another one is well it, it this was by, by a guy named Brian Clemmer, mm-hmm. who um, <clears throat> had a personal mastery leadership development course. He, he, he's sadly passed away, but his company uh, is still going. But um, they had something called the uh, uh, success formula or the formula. I, I forget what they called it, but it was basically uh, intention plus mechanism equals result. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he would write it up there intention plus mechanism equals result and so you would just talk about it and you'd be like all right and so you know for example somebody's like i want to start a business it's my intention you know what's your mechanism ah you know i'm gonna I don't know, sell shoes that's how i'm gonna make my i'm gonna be successful and that's gonna equal my result my success right mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so what he would do with the formulas he would he would cross out the mechanism and the formula really was intention equals result and so it 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 hit real deep when he kind of talked about it because he kind of illustrated that the mechanism was irrelevant it was purely your intention so anytime i look at something you know whether it's i don't know sports soccer or or business or you know whatever so i was like what's my real intention and so <clears throat> I think what it helps me or I think it will help anybody figure out is really what your intention is. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it helps me figure out like, oh, I, I actually I thought this is what I wanted when I did this, but I'm actually no, I wanted this other thing. And that's not that's not conducive to the other formulas begin with the end in mind. So really, the um, the intentions is is deep, man, is real deep. So for yeah. example, like I use the example of like, you know, let's say I, I, I've been out of the game a long time. So I've never, I haven't had to talk to a girl in a long time, right? But like, oh, let's yeah. say you're real interested in, you know, so see somebody real attractive, like, hey, I want to go get a number or something, mm-hmm. right? Then you're like, all right, her, your intention is you want to get to know this girl, you want to get her number or whatever. Yeah. But then you're like, nah, like, oh, well, she's, you know, you back out, right? Mm-hmm. 
if if you if you look at like why didn't you go do it your intention wasn't to go get a number your intention was to not look bad mm, yeah. right that's really good or not to fail yeah I really don't want to. So you look at somebody like, what, what are you really trying to do? I don't want to look bad. Yeah, that's that's your real intention. That's and guess what? Intention. You got it because you look great. You didn't you didn't you didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. You got what your intention was was to not look bad. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's that, a that's a great analogy right there of how to work that system. It's deep, man. So yeah. like when you when you look at apply that to any relationship, any your work, your business, your hobbies. Whatever it is, when you look at it like that, your intentions become real clear, hmm. real clear. Like, mm-hmm. so it's helped me um, figure things out. Hmm. And what you find out it's is got you- me thinking about it because I went through that course as well. Yeah, that you're talking about. But uh, the way you just explained it, using a, a man mm-hmm. approaching a woman, that just like pulled the blinders off further <laughs> yeah. the way I understood it prior, mm. you know, like what are you like really pulling back what your true intention is. Yeah. Hmm. And so what he said there, uh, and I don't know, I don't remember how the facilitator said it there, but what, what Brian Clemmer said to me was, he said, uh, when the intention is clear, the mechanism will appear, mm-hmm. you know? And so I've always been like, all right, so when we started the business, that's what it was. What's your intention? I, this, I'm doing a clinic. Like, what do you, you know, what if you fit? I don't even, I don't even see that. I don't even, that's not even an option. I'm not it worried is. about that. Yeah. And the mechanism appeared like, and the mechanism was a very specific relationship in the healthcare community that really helped us uh, take off. Mm-hmm. It was just like one of those random meetings that changes your life, you know? And so that happened. And I believe that it happened because my intention was a hundred percent clear. It was like, this is what we're doing. And so <clears throat> that, that, that to me is, is one of those forms. I don't know if you're gonna ask me something about that, but no, okay. yeah. but you know, the mechanism people say, well, you know, it takes money to make money. All right. So the mechanism is money. I'm like, nah, money, it doesn't take money to make money. No. It takes an intention. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that intention? Well, <clears throat> a lot of people don't want to do what, what, what you need to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's grind, Study, 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 sacrifice, grind, sacrifice to achieve what your attention is. A lot of people are like, hey, I, I, I want to be rich. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to give up 10 years of your life. Well, I don't really want to do that. I just want, and you're like, well, what's your intention? You want to have your time, your freedom. You want to be able to do whatever you want, and you want those things. It just doesn't work that way mm-hmm. for most. Right. Know? And so... um yeah, that's that's those are kind of I, I think I've got I've got more, but those are the ones that really stand out. Mm. Um, is begin with the end in mind. The intention equals result. And uh, drawing blank on the other one, but yeah, <laughs> uh, intention. Oh, as a man I, thinketh in his heart. Yeah, yeah. Having clarity on your intention, I think. I, yeah, I think it really all does start from there. Like start with why or whatever you want to get down to because if you don't know what you want or where you want to go, how do you expect to arrive there, you yeah. know? like <laughs> Yeah, and even if you do, which a lot of people do, yeah. you're going to fail. Like yeah. a lot of people get unlucky by being successful in the beginning. Yeah, you know, look at this this FTX thing going on right now. 
that dude was nowhere near ready for the amount of success that he had. And what I is this? The, uh, the, uh, the crypto, the, the trading guy just lost billions of dollars. Of, 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 oh, yeah. The whole thing collapsed in like a day. Yeah. And he had everybody fooled. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, Mr. Wonderful, all these people, and they all had their money in it. And I look at that the situation. coin was called FTX? Well, it was FTX was like the trading platform, I, I believe. It was oh, like a... Like a Coinbase or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like a crypto wallet? Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. I don't yeah. understand that world a whole lot. But yeah. But basically, like, when I look at that, I, you know, and you hear, the, you hear the guy talk, and you're like, man, the dude was not nowhere... He was nowhere near ready. Yeah. And he just got lucky, but kind of unlucky, because now he's in mm. jail. Um, oh, they locked him up, huh? Yeah, like a few days ago. Mm. And you're like, dude, he probably was a good guy. He's probably just a regular guy. Mm. Got swept up. Mm-hmm. Tried to cut a few corners. I don't know. I don't want to speak yeah. on like, I don't know a whole lot about it, but just right, a little right. bit. You're like, people like that, just you haven't paid your dues. You haven't done everything you need. You haven't, you got unlucky that you had a crazy amount of success in the beginning. You had a terrible crash, you know? Yeah. I wonder about attaining success quickly, like major, major success mm-hmm. quickly. You know, because that can be amazing in that moment. But I think it's incredibly difficult to maintain it. You Mm -hmm. know, like you could take one hit wonders for an example. Like, yeah, this person made this one great song, but they didn't really have the work ethic Mm -hmm. or the recipe to keep doing that over and over and over again. You know, they kind of got lucky it blew up, but then the real back end work that makes that happen over and over and over again was not there. Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, people that kind of incrementally work their way up to success are going to have way more experience yeah. and way more knowledge how to kind of maintain what they've mm-hmm. built than people who just like do something that works out and then they got to figure it out from there. And there's people that do make it work. You know, I mean, at some point, if you really love it and you got ahead right away, like, and you love it enough, you're going to figure it out how to make it happen again, you know? But obviously you hear that with a lot of performers or actors, like how do you stay relevant? Yeah. Staying relevant in whatever you do is always going to be the challenge, you know? Always, man. Or, you know, like in, like kind of what you do, like, uh, I mean, it comes down to relevancy, but keep researching and training and understanding the different methods that are being updated. Like I just took this first aid course for wilderness training and backcountry training. And it's like, you have to like update these books like every two years, like Mm -hmm. methods that were used two years ago in first aid aren't being used anymore. It's something new and evolving at all times. And I, you know, that's, that's where being like a professional comes into play like that. You have to like continually want to keep learning about what you do. Yeah. And I've failed at that miserably, you know, whether it's graphic design Mm. skills or different things. Like I have my base skill set, which gets me through but am I really researching and learning and educating myself the way that I should be mm-hmm. so that I stay current with skill sets and shortcuts and different things that you can learn in these programs or whatever it is that you do, you know? So right. like 
as I've gotten older, I'm trying to, this is where I'm trying to find the, the balance, like research and education in my life, not just work mm-hmm. and not just play, you know, like I feel like reading, um, research, watching YouTube, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. instead of scrolling on Instagram, <clears throat> right. you know, and looking at bullshit. Yeah. Well, if I'm on the shitter, yeah, yeah. looking at social media, <laughs> right, I could right. be looking and learning mm-hmm. something on YouTube. Like, how are you using your time? Right, right. And I've realized a lot of times I'm just like bored and not using my time for education when I could be, you know? And yeah. it's like, I, I got to be better at that. Yeah, I know I can be. Um, like, I got to a place recently where I'm like, reading is the most important mm-hmm. thing for me. But then work comes up and it requires a lot of time. And so then I put reading on the back end. And mm-hmm. it's not that I don't have time for reading. It's not that I'm not prioritizing my reading the way that I should be. And I'll read, but it's not reading the way that I want to read, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. it's like constant balance. You'll never be balanced like that. That doesn't, I don't think, really truly exist. You can have a moment of balance, I believe. You know, it's like in a moment, yeah, and maybe maybe a day. <laughs> At least my experience, maybe yeah. a day. You can feel balanced. You're like, oh man, I'm everything's good right now. And tomorrow, you know, who knows yeah. what it brings, you know, and sure. then and then you have to deal with uh your mind and you know, not feeling, uh, feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a constant battle to feel and work on balance, feeling healthy too, mentally running a business. Yeah. How man. do you deal with some of those things? Like st- staying mentally healthy, sure. the demands of your business, clients, yeah, man. employees, well, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot. Right. And, um, you know, what's interesting is going back to that part where when I got laid off and I came back and I took that first job interview and he's actually a buddy of mine that offered me the job. Mm. He is now, we, we, we met because we, I interviewed with him mm-hmm. and he gave me a piece of paper and he gave me the, uh, the offer and I read it and I remember it was like a prison sentence. Mm. I saw that in my heart, my whole, just everything just collapsed. And it wasn't him. Yeah. It was just in general and what I saw was consistency, safety, just like repetitive. That's what I saw. And to me, that was like terrible. So like mm. for me, I think why we've been able to be somewhat successful and I've been able to have a enjoyable uh, business ownership um, time so far has been that I thrive on things being unstable. Yeah. Like somebody quits, I'm like, let's go. Let's yeah. figure this out, man. They were great, but the next one. Or like mm-hmm. that job that I was with when I first moved here, <clears throat> the building literally exploded. I was coming to work one day. <laughs> I'm pulling up, and a big ball of fire just blows up like a bomb went off. And I'm like, what the? So I showed <laughs> up, and literally it was a dentist. It was a dental practice on the first floor. We were on the second floor. Their tanks exploded. Mm-hmm. and blew up the whole building. This was in front of the Valley Hospital. Wow. And uh, I was in my element, man. 
like obviously not like I'm excited about. It. I'm hoping yeah. nobody got hurt and all that stuff. But I'm like, let's roll. Like, what do we got to do? And I remember at the time that the the business, the practice owner, he he was stunned. He didn't know what to do. And I'm like, listen, this is who we call. We go here. We get the employee. It, to me, that's just how I operate mm -hmm. in dysfunction. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> not dysfunction, but like in, in like chaos, like changes. Yeah, I hear you. And so when people are like, hey, I want to go into business or whatever, and they're like, not that type. I'm like, dude, like stuff's never going to be smooth. Like you got to be, you got to enjoy that. So for me, I enjoy that. So it doesn't mm. get me down. Mm. Um, mm. In fact, I enjoy the challenge. I, when mm. stuff's been the same and safe and I'm just like, I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready for something. Figure out a way. Yeah. To make <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I do have a very limited amount of brain power in the day that I can dedicate to stuff. So like if I have mm. 20 things I got to do and I got brain power for eight, I'm going to mm. pick eight and, you know, it drives, it, it drives our staff crazy because like, dude, I need you to do this. You know, yeah. we got we got a front office, our, our office manager, basically, she's 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 always on me. I need you to do this. I'm like, all right. And I just don't do it. And I'm like, look, I, I'm, I'm putting my brain power to this and I'm not compromising. It's it's yeah. it's a bad it's not a great thing. I should be able to do more. Mm. But I'm willing to let stuff like sit to not over leverage myself, basically. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's that same principle begin with the end of mind. Do you want to be overworked and stressed and worn out? No. Yeah. Maybe we don't get paid on stuff. I'm cool. Mm -hmm. A few grand on the table, that's cool. Like, uh, you know, I just walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Not a great thing to do, but that's how I manage it. You know, I just, I keep a certain amount of sanity, I guess. Yeah. Know? But, yeah. I hear you, man. <laughs> I, I've had to, I've had to learn that along the way, like letting go of things. Mm -hmm. Things you can't get to or control or yeah, because it'll it'll if you try to worry about those things or try to get them all done and you can't, you just physically can't. It it just it'll zap you, dude. It'll take everything from you. Yeah. Then the next day you don't have the energy, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So learning how to let go of things that aren't on the priority truly is like yeah. important. I think. And I, I like I li something that I've had to learn too. Is uh, is you know I've been hearing this saying a lot lately, but you know tell God your plans and He'll mm -hmm. laugh. You know, yeah. like you can't control everything, mm -hmm. and things are not going to go how you want them to go a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Maybe most of the time. It depends. Yeah. Sometimes things are just flowing. <laughs> and then other times it could be the simplest of tasks that you go to accomplish and all sorts of unforeseen weird factors can come into play, you know? And like, I'm way better than I used to be, but that, that used to drive me into like psychotic states. Mm. Like literally I'd just be so pissed off. <laughs> Because something's not going my way. Right. The way that I want it to go. But the world doesn't care what you want no. all the time. You know what I mean? The universe doesn't care. Sometimes it's going to work with you. Mm -hmm. And then other times <clears throat> it's whatever. Yeah, it's it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. like you can throw a fit about it. You can be pissed off about it. You can do whatever you want to do. But it's not going to change anything. It's only going to make those things worse, you know, typically. Sure. <laughs> uh, so. Um, well, you know, a, a big part of that goes is kind of a lead in into like your team, you know, um, something that, again, I just was natural for me. I, I, I can't say that I 
developed this on my own or anything like that. But, you know, ego is huge. And when, when that, when that vision is so clear, like what you want to do and what you're trying to accomplish, a lot of people let their ego get in the way, like only I can do this, Mm -hmm. you know, or like, nah, they'll never do it as good. So for me, when I was looking for a team, I was always like, man, I got to find people that are better than me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I've got 20 things I need to get done, but I, I only got power for eight. Bring in other like-minded people and not feel threatened. Oh, they're going to get more recognition than me. And I'm, yeah. to me, I'm like, I hope you get more recognition yeah. than me because yeah. I'm driven and I love what I do. And if you outperform me, damn, that's amazing. That's a good fact. That's amazing. Yeah. Drives so I, you further, right? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I don't do it for me. I'm just like, I know what I'm putting into it. Yeah. And everybody around me is out doing, out performing. I'm like, dude, that's. I love, I love that. I'll just hop in real quick yeah. on that because I love being around people that are better than me. Yeah. I love it. In fact, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't like not being around people not right. better than me. Like I, I hate when I'm not around people that aren't better than me mm. at whatever, because when I, I acclimate to the people I'm around. Like yeah. you hear that, you know, like uh, hang around 10 broke people or nine, yeah, yeah. you'll be the 10th. If you hang around nine broke yeah, people, yeah, yeah. you're going to be the 10th, right? You are who you hang out with. So like I always rise up to the level of people that are better than me or I get close, you know, like I start like, oh, I'm coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, oh, oh, like I <laughs> right, need to, right. oh, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm getting there. You know, if I hang out with people, like you'll see me, like mm. you've seen me on the field mm. or whatever. It's like when we play at a certain level, mm. like we acclimate up, you know, like um, if I play or snowboard with certain <clears throat> people, like, okay, these guys are better than me. And I love that. Yeah. You know, I love riding with guys that are way better than me um at like air air like doing tricks and like rails or whatever you know because it's like okay now i get to physically see it happening mm-hmm. and they're usually gonna encourage me like come on bro you could do it right you know right. what i mean like come on we're riding let's go and i do that with people that are in the same sphere as me too that aren't maybe uh at the same level but i know they're close enough to be like dog you can hit this like let's go you know and so I, I think that's that's been a hard thing for me in life and getting to that place because I always hung out with people that uh, used alcohol mm-hmm. and drank a lot and drugs, yeah. you know, and so like that kind of was a part of my life. But now that I've like removed myself from that and I'm really just and, and I like, yo, to each their own, I'm not judging nobody. Sure. The way I need to live my life is 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 the way I need to live mine because it's what feels right for me, you know? Uh, so, I like, once again, I just want to say this just because I'm living sober and I'm not really in those environments. I'm not passing judgment. There is no right way yeah. to this, you know? For me, that stuff caused me a lot of pain and dysfunction in my life, and I hurt a lot of friendships, like, all that. It just it never gave me what I really wanted in life. But now that I'm out of that and I finally have matured enough the way that I need to, and I've separated myself from that. I've been starting to be around people that are excelling in different areas of life. They all pretty much own businesses or they're really people that are, you know, advancing themselves in backcountry and snowboarding. And like now I'm being like, 
brought into these circles, you know, with these people that are doing things that I admire to do, whether it's being a successful business owner like yourself or, you know, riding or meeting people that have been doing backcountry for a while, because I'm not going to go in the backcountry with people that haven't been in the backcountry before. Like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to listen to people about business that don't own businesses. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to do that. Like, you have to have the experience for me to want to learn from you. But if you are that person that has that experience, like, I'm a student. Yeah. I have no ego of when it com- when it comes to things like that. I have an ego somewhere, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, sure, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm still a high head. You know what I mean? So, but, like, when it comes to learning and stuff, like, I really know how to check that ego down and be okay to listen yeah. and be a student. And anyway, I think... Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of successful people that talk about that. Like you, if you're the best one in the room, if you're the best in the room, you need to find a new room. Right. I love that one. That's a really easy one. And Quentin Tarantino had another one. He talked about that and he was like, look, it's like if I'm the fastest in a race every time, I'm not going to get faster. But if I'm the slowest one in a race, incrementally, I'm going to start catching up to sure. people and eventually I'll start passing one person. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to have yeah. that mentality. But, um, and, you know, Elon Musk and like uh, Henry Ford and all these people, they talk about the number one thing and reason that they're madly successful in business is because they put people that were better yeah. than them in positions where they thrived at and they knew they could never do it because you can't do it all. <clears throat> So, That's absolutely right, man. Yeah. It's overwhelming real quick. Mm. I've struggled with that because I've been doing my business is all by myself. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I want to have a team eventually. But I, I kind of gotten to a place where it's like, I don't need to try to do it all. I'm going to do what I do well. And that's enough to get me to a place eventually where I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring some people on, you know. And I'm going to be able to do with what I can do to build the dream up to a place where people, I'll start attracting the right people that want to yeah. be involved and I'll be able to make the right selections at that time. But Yeah, man. Yeah, once once that vision is clear, mm-hmm. once the the product is 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 clean and just attractive on just many different factors, yeah, the team just kind of shows up. Mm. And I think most of yeah. our team, they've literally just walked through the door. I'm like, Man, you're exactly what we've been needing. <laughs> That's awesome. How'd that happen? Well, you know, you just, the product just started kind of speaking to people, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. That's my take on that, you know, for anybody who usually has advice or is asking for advice, like, about hiring people. And they're like, it's such a pain. And I'm like, I think having a staff or working with a team is like the greatest part, you know? You, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I. Yeah, you seem to overall be a very positive person uh, and maintaining, a, you know, what do they call it? PMA, positive mental attitude, <laughs> yeah. right? I think that there's a Rasta song Is called really? PMA, yeah. Yeah, I don't positive know, mental attitude. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a Rasta song out Is there, there, PMA. But um, so obviously, you know, tell what this the story you tell yourself is. I think something that I've tried to really learn is majorly impactful for me. 
And uh, when the story doesn't go the way I tell it to myself, I just try to reiterate that it is that way, you know, even though it's hard at times. But um, like you said, like people think having employees can be so hard, but like to you, your perception isn't that way. Because nah, the story you tell yourself is like, I'm going to attract the right people and the yeah. right people are going to show up. And right, they do. Right. And you if know, it doesn't work out, it sounds like you're easy to be like, oh, it's not working out. Yeah. I'm going to find somebody else and you just keep moving on. You don't really let those things destroy you or like get to you too much, right. it sounds like. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it is very interesting. You know, when we first started hiring people, made a lot of mistakes and there was a lot of it's 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 a little bit of you get distracted with what you need in the moment to like i need this oh this person and really you, you have to look further down the road and 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 i think when you focus on what the big picture is of this is what we're trying to accomplish mm -hmm. and we've had situations where we have people that that produce a lot of revenue for the for the practice and so you can very easily look at it and if my intention was to make a lot of money, then that that would make sense. But it, it was never that. And so you can tell real quick, oh, man, I hired this person for the wrong reasons. And now it's not working. And now there's friction, mm -hmm. you know. And so sometimes people come in and I won't think that they're the right fit. But everything that they're bringing is for the vision. And you're like, well, man, this person is going to execute and deliver what I'm intending to do from the start. Mm. So now I'm checking myself. I'm like, this is me talking, not, you know, I, I feel like the business, our business and all, all businesses really is like, I've been empowered. Like I've been given this gift and say, Hey, we need this, you know, situation in Spokane. We need what you bring. This is what this community needs. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I, I take that responsibility. It's it, it. It was never you are the one that Spokane needs, you know, mm -hmm. or like, it's you are the one that can help bring this together for what we need. Is kind of how I look at it. So when we bring people, I'm like, this person can deliver what I've been asked to to bring to this area. So <clears throat> I think when you hire that way, you start finding, man, this person really is going to deliver on what we're trying to do. Yeah. And then the next thing is is personality, right? Like, um. Well, are they ethical? Are they this and that? Are they are they good team players? Well, if they're not good team players, but they can deliver to the vision, they're not going to deliver to the vision because they're going to cause friction and slow down this this train that we got moving. And so, you know, hiring people has been has been that has been a lot of like, okay, who are they? Like, what what are they trying to do? Does it fit for the end of what we're looking for? You know, yeah. with the end in mind. And when we've done that, we've just call it luck or whatever, but we just happen to have a, just a, an amazing team because that was the process. But I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is like money. Like, I want to make the most money. I want to do it well. Yeah, money. It ain't going to get you what you want. Right. Maybe you'll have more more cash in the bank, but yeah, long term, that's, you know. Yeah, money for money's sake is not uh, what I want. You right. know, I've found that out. It's not a driving factor for me, actually, mm -hmm. is what I found. I want the money. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want the money. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, it, it like, m making money just to make money itself doesn't doesn't get me off. Mm -hmm. It's how I make the money that gets me off. Right, really. right, right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's like when I create something and I make money doing mm -hmm. that, it's not really me making the money. It's the yeah. fact that, oh, man, like, 
people are buying this. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just like the validation that yeah. people out there want what I offer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and the money or what I create, what my art is, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's really what I love. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. The the lie of just making money in business is like, yeah, that, that's great. But I don't think for from my experience, I just know that's not going to lead me to happiness, mm-hmm. making a ton of money and that being it. Like, yeah, I made millions of dollars in my life. Like, <laughs> right, right. dude, I'm just, nah, that's not like, I, nah. like I, I got millions of dollars because of what I do, mm. you know, that's like not just about the millions or right. whatever. And I don't even need million. I mean, yeah, I mean a few million, um, <laughs> just a few, whatever, but you know, I, I've had to go through that a lot. Even with city chapters, I started city chapters to make, it was a money grab. I had an idea custom city coats like people will buy these like i will make money and i did um but then i realized you know this isn't about money man there's something way deeper mm-hmm. going on here that i need to find and think about and um you know like i feel like initially you know I had this grand vision of making coats for all around the world and i did and that's that was cool it, it felt cool sending jackets to japan or like Morocco or like these different places, right? And that's cool, but I never got to see those people. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's such a big vision to like grasp it all with not having a whole team in place and all these different factors that really would make that possible. It's like I skip steps and I think I finally realized that um and I'm happy the way that I went with that first but as I've thought it through and where I've gotten to now is like, I just want to focus on my community, you yeah. know? And like, that's where, you know, more the focus should have always been maybe, mm. but it wasn't and that's okay. And I, I've done good regardless. Yeah. But now that I feel that I'm going to spo- uh, focus on Spokane with my product, it's going to be a whole different world that I'm mm. living in within my business, within my purpose and um, you know, where the brand's going to go from sure. here. I just feel so much more uh, anxiety relieved from me mm-hmm. of how I'm going to accomplish everything I wanted to with City Chapters. It just got to a place like, how do you even, how do you even do that, you know, yeah. with what I'm working with? Um, Felt like scattergunned, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm just trying to, hopefully hit something out there, you know what I mean? But me coming to this idea, like, I'm going to focus on Spokane. I feel laser focused, you know? And, yeah, uh, I like that, man. You know, so, like, sometimes you got to withdraw and, like, that dream changes, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so my dream right now is just, like, I just want to really get City Chapters rocking in Spokane in a whole new way because it's been rocking but it's going to be rocking on a whole new way now that I'm just thinking about Spokane. I like that. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about is actually just the business itself, yeah. like what you do, yeah, yeah, the purpose of it. You know, so did you always know when you wanted to start a clinic, like were you thinking physical therapy? I know mm. you said previously you were thinking of being a surgeon, mm. these different things. 
how did it come about that you chose and wanted to do like physical therapy? Sure. Yeah, man, that's a that's a great question. So yeah, I feel like I, I've always been able to identify points in my life where I can draw from certain experiences that have kind of molded how I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, what's funny is uh, growing up, my dad, you know, if I had a headache or something or something hurt, I'd be like, oh man, I feel like I need like a Tylenol, like a, like a whatever over the counter. My dad be like, nah, nah, you don't need that stuff. You just, you know, who's always in the like, he would like straighten out my back a little bit, like with my shoulder. I sit up tall, you know. He it was, and so in my mind it was always like, you got a headache, you got something, don't don't take the pill. You you know, you make make whatever changes, drink water or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was funny. So when I was in when I was in um, undergrad doing the pre med route, I was, I'd be like, all right, what kind of doctor would I want to be? Okay, but then it, that always came back to me. I was like, well, I don't want to just give people medications. Then it was like. We talked about the surgeon, surgeon route and all that. And I remember <clears throat> I went to my family doctor and I remember I asked him, I was like, hey, man, this is what I want to do. And, you know, what do you think? And he literally looked at me and he goes, I have no advice for you. <laughs> and then he said, if you want to make money, go be a banker. Mm-hmm. Literally the words, he, I'll never forget those words. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this guy's a got a thriving practice. Like, what's he talking? You know, I just thought it was weird, but I, I always remembered that. So when I when I was looking at the different professions, I was like, well, I want to be this kind of doctor, but I don't want to like give people medications all the time. But then I kind of like the surgery deal, but I don't want to be working like crazy and 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 having to deal with everything that comes with it. I was like, so I was really confused, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, so it kept falling back that physical therapy was it, like lifestyle, non-medication ways of managing problems. And I remember I was in, in in undergrad and I had this headache I couldn't get rid of and I'd never been to a chiropractor. And I was like, all right, I picked one and I went. And I remember I sat there, he looked at me, did my did his thing and he, he did a quick treatment, got rid of it. And I, and I remember driving in the car and I was like, that's what I wanna do. Like I knew, I was like, it clicked. I'm like, that's what I wanna do. Mm-hmm. So I thought for a little bit it was chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And then as I went, I realized Actually, it's physical therapy, but within physical therapy, there's manual therapy. That's what I that's what I specialize in. Which you do a lot of hands-on stuff, similar but like a little different philosophy. And so that's what was like. And then Stacy was she was going to physical therapy school the whole time, and so she was like, oh, wow. "Why don't you go? This is what you're." She was like, "What are you doing? Like this is what you are supposed to be doing." And I was like, "Oh, you're right." Mm. So her and I went to graduate school together. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that's what got me into physical therapy, and then. Um, once I was in there, I was like, yeah, pain is, is, is what I want to help people with. And I just had like, I kind of had this gift of being able to kind of feel things out, like these weird senses, like you can kind of tell where things were coming from. And so I just took advantage of, of having that ability, that just kind of natural, I guess, gift, you can say. And so um, the school I went to was, was manual therapy based. Is a, um, anyway, got my, finished up my doctoral degree there and then... Uh, pursued advanced training right away like right away i'm like i am not I'm, I'm not stopping i want to keep going so i i got my manual therapy certification which is typically like a two to three year thing i did it accelerated in one year i was just like man i'm, I'm ready and so mm. um i got out man and, and then um i just knew that's what i wanted to do and i just knew that's kind of what i was i was i was pretty good at and then and then uh yeah, that's that's how I was rolling. That was that was your question, right? Like how yeah, how did you got into it? Yeah, and so then when I was working at places, there was just a lot of limitations. There's things I wanted to say. Like I've always been like, I'm gonna tell you what I'm thinking, and I'm not gonna hold back. And and um, 
that was hard to do when you had relationships to to keep in, you know, like referral sources and you couldn't say certain things. And I was like, man, I, I got to do this on my own because I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to work with who I want because I'm on a mission, you know? And so, and so I just, I just kept developing and developing and developing like my skills and, and figuring out what it, what it is that I wanted to do. And I started kind of honing in into chronic pain, neck and back pain um, was really what my interest was in. And then I started kind of like, there was a lot of places that were clinics that just did everything. You have ACL rehab, you know, hip, do it, you know, balance problems. We do it. You know, like I was like, nah, man, like I want to, I want to bring this in and focus, you know, Mm. because I want to, I want to develop my skills. And it's kind of hard when you're all over the place. And so I, I I started out trying to just do mostly spine Mm. and I just kind of had this unique gift of like being able to figure it out pretty quickly and, and help people move along a little faster than, than average. And so Anyway, that's kind of where it started. And then as I was going, I started discovering some things that weren't really taught, weren't really like mainstream like information. And I was like, why Why am I finding these strange things? And so like when it's all you think about, man, whether it's design, whether it's whatever, like and it's all you think about, you start to just develop and, and see things that other people don't. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped help propel us as a business and, and attract amazing talent to, to come join and, 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 and do what we do. And then, um, and so, yeah. And then it's just, it's just been like that. It, it, it was, do you remember that documentary? It won like documentary of the year, seven, 10 years ago. It was a like, hero dreams of sushi. No, it won like the big, it. the big awards. It, really? And this guy is, um, he's credited with being the best sushi chef in the world. Michelin rated, um, and his sushi restaurant is in the subway in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Like you go down this, you know, mm-hmm. well, it's not like subway in New York, you know, yeah. everything in Japan is like relatively clean usually, but um, yeah. you go down these stairs, whatever, and there's a little hole in the wall and there's a dude in there and he's the best sushi chef in the world. And I mean, President Obama went to eat there. I mean, yeah. it's, this dude is like. It's, it's like a really small little place, yeah, right? Tiny. Yeah. yeah. And to to be one of his people, he puts you on rice. So like you can be a chef like top notch and he's like, cool, you're going to make the rice. And I forget something crazy, like 10 years, you got to sit there and make this rice. He walks in every day, taste it. He's like, that's garbage. Start over. Every day, like just bam, bam, bam. And it's called Hero Dreams of Sushi. That's all he thinks about. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not trying to be like chain restaurants. I'm not trying to do like, I got this hole in the wall in Tokyo. That's it. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, man, that's that's how I am. I'm not like... I'm the guy that wants to do one thing over and over and over again and just get really good at it. Not mm-hmm. like somebody that just wants to like, you know, yeah, have whatever these chain restaurants are. But anyway, right, so right. I realized I'm like, okay, that's how I want to do things. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of helped guide my thoughts of like how we want to structure stuff. And so that was a big motivator for me was... I'm going to watch that. Dude. You must have told me about it before because I know the story of this sushi guy oh. who his apprentices have to go through that it must have been you that told me about it at some point dude his rice there's it's it's like thought as like one of the best the the best rice in the world and there's so much honor over there until i mean in japan with Mm -hmm. how they do things Mm -hmm. but the distributor they only sell to him like they got the best rice ever and he's the only guy that gets it that's awesome i'm like when you're that good 
when they can make millions, you know, they can, and they're like, no, this guy's getting this rice. To me, this is incredible. Wow. So he's just mastered every bit of his craft. And so to me, I'm like, dude, if you just do that with whatever it is you do, you're going to get yeah. to maybe half his level. You yeah. might be the best in the U.S., not best in the world, but still, that's pretty damn good, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a big motivator for me for business and how we do things is like just get really good at just simple things. Don't don't do a million a million. Don't you know? You go to like Jack in the Box, you know they got tacos, they got burgers, they got you got everything. You go to In and Out Burger, yeah, well they got burgers. How many patties do you want? That's <laughs> that's the only thing, right? It's just right. yeah. <clears throat> and what do you people talk about? Yeah, In and Out Burger, right? So like yeah. It's kind of that 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 mentality how we've kind of done things and I like that I, I love businesses that just hyper focus on like doing one thing and one thing really good like with snowboarding like LibTech you know they make boards right that's what they do that's it you know uh 32 boots they make boots that's what they do yeah and they make a little bit of outerwear but like they're not making all this extra stuff. And then if they do, it's not like their primary thing. It's just like, yeah, we got, you know, a backpack here or whatever. Yeah. But like they're, you know, they're focused on boots. They don't make boards too, you know, like um, I'm sure you can get a 32 board out there that was collabed yeah. with another board brand or something. But, uh, you know, either way, I like brands that really focus on, one thing and one thing alone and like mm. you know mountain hardware like they make really great outerwear they're not making boots too though right you know but uh like i feel like north face has kind of lost its way you know with their quality and stuff because it's just like i got boots from them recently how to return them i was yeah. just like there was a simple, easy overlook on quality that was affecting the way I laced my boots up and how it drove into my ankle. I'm like, you guys should not be making these mistakes. <laughs> right, right. This is not, you know, like you guys are doing too much. It's corporate. Yeah, you're starting to do Gucci yeah, or whatever, right. Supreme collabs. Like, you're North Face, man. Like, <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not going to use North Face no more. I want to use brands that are like, yo, this is what we do and yeah. we do it well. I think that, you know, I mean, and it comes down to my brand too, like trying to do too much, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like trying to figure out how I'm going to make, make a, distri a distro or distribution for like the world for custom jackets. And that could be down the line from now. But really what I would prefer to do is like if I do something for another city, it's in collaboration with mm -hmm. the artist from that city. We do limited yeah. runs of whatever product release we do, but it's high quality and really good, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I'm definitely kind of leaning back towards that way. And, um, I, I like that, man. I mean, and, and to get back kind of like what, what we do is because we've kind of narrowed down and, and, and a little bit what Hero uh, did in that movie was he broke everything down. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, Steve Jobs did this with, with the, the products, the Apple products was... The user experience, yeah, those nice box like this unboxing, yeah. just this killer, just super. And I mean, yes, you got a great product, but then what's everything else around it? What's the experience? What's right? the experience like? Yeah. You walk into an Apple store, it just feels good when you're in there. Like, man, I'll buy anything. You know, you have that feeling. And he did the same thing where he had like people would come in. He would he would he would make, you know, the sushi based on was this a man or a, a woman because mm -hmm. of anatomical differences. So if he made a big old piece of sushi, well, if it's a smaller frame person and they've got to eat this big old piece of sushi, 
they're not going to enjoy it, right? So he broke it down to sizing. Are they left-handed? Are they right-handed? So, you know, I think these people that have that have found success have done that where they reverse engineer their 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 client, mm-hmm. who their audience is. And mm-hmm. so, you know, with our building, we did the same thing. When somebody walks in, what's the first thing they see? What's the feeling like? What's the what's the vibe like? Who's up the front desk? What's their personality? Are they welcoming, or are they cold? Mm-hmm. You don't want a cold person as the first person that they no. see. And then when they come in, when we bring them back, it just everything. And so that's kind of what we've done. So like hygiene's important, right? So like we put the sink right near the waiting room. So when we go get somebody, we're washing their hands, right? When So they're seeing that it's not hidden in the back somewhere. So people aren't like, are their hands clean? Are they, you know, like every bit of your interaction, that's what we've looked at. And so when people come in and they got these problems like pain or whatever, they've already had a pretty good experience, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And now they're in your room and they're like, man, they're, they're at a good place. Meaning from what they've been through and where have they been? They've been to all these other places that, that feel like a, like a laboratory or like a, yeah. just like a it's sterile white walls and, yeah. just, mm-hmm. and nobody cares. Like, what's your name? Did, yeah. you know, they're like, did you even look at my chart? You know, do you even know who I am? And they're yeah. not even looking at you because they're typing at the computer. What's your problem? What do you got? Okay, here yeah. you go. And they're like, I'll right, yeah. see you later. And they've, they've had a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, man, I want them to have a great experience. Mm-hmm. That's going to cost us some money because, we're not pushing volume where I have to rush and do all these things, right? Yeah. It's like, but then from the actual treatment, like, all right, you come in now because we've been hyper-focused. When somebody comes in, I'm like, oh, man, I've, I've, I've seen about 1,000 of these, 10,000 of these. I don't say that, but in my mind, yeah. I'm like, okay, but now I know what to ask, know what to do, where to push, what to do. Like, And based on who that person is, there's the people that are like, jump in there right now and get after it. And there's some people you got to win over, right? Mm-hmm. So... Sometimes I might not even put my hands on somebody right away because I'm like, I got to I gotta yeah. talk to them. I got to figure, feel them out, like, you know, who they mm-hmm. are. <clears throat> and then there's ways that you say things and there's ways that when you introduce things in certain orders and then all of a sudden when you pay that much attention, their problem just speaks to you. You know what I mean? You just know, like, what you got to do. And they just, like, give. It's kind of like they open up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody's closed off and they don't like anybody touching them and then they don't. It would, you know, you can't just dive in there because now it's going to be a yeah. And so, as manual therapists, we have to really be aware of many different things. But you kind of put their whole medical history together. You you, you use all your tools that you've developed, and then all of a sudden, you can create change in somebody immediately. You know, mm-hmm. but it starts from how they walk in. That it starts when they make that phone call. Mm-hmm. The words that are said in what order? Like we've got scripts. Like don't say this first, say this last. You mm-hmm. know? And then you just set it up. Mm-hmm. And so. I think that's that's the key to our success and really for anybody's success. Like even even with your um even when we work with with you and, and having you do some stuff for us, I'm like, anytime somebody is committed to quality and they're passionate about whatever, I'm like, dude, that, that's what I want to do. How mm-hmm. much is it? I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what drives business and drives success. And I think that's what's helped us out is is kind of having that user experience from beginning to end. Yeah, and there's follow ups and things like that, but I think people get too too concerned with the product. Like the product's got to be good. If the product's good, but the experience was terrible, they're they're not going to know how good the product was. Yeah, well, and even yeah, that's a it's a good point because your perception, if you had a terrible experience, is going to translate to how you view the product. Yeah, you yeah. know, like. Right. You could do the same amazing work as a physical therapist, but if your 
secretary mm. set a bad vibe from the gate, like how much are they really going to enjoy yeah. what you can do for them? Right. Even if you're the same great person mm. that, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. so, and I know what you're saying <laughs> is a better way to say, yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, I, like thinking of the experience and your business and what you offer is huge. Mm. And I've, you know, I'm not, I know I can be better at it and I will be, you know, and I've, I think I've done well at times. And then other times I haven't, you know, given the attention, but that's mainly because I'm like not very active in my business. Mm. But when I'm active, I'm trying to think of all the small little details that can make the experience better. And I think with me focusing, like once again, me focusing on something very specific, this community Spokane, like the experience of city chapters is only going to get better and yeah. better and better. But I've always thought of and been aware of the experience. Like if you're not thinking of the experience and you're only thinking the product or you're not thinking of either and you're just like, yeah, whatever, we'll just mm -hmm. do this. That's, that's not going to be a business that people are madly in love with mm. and that's what i want i want people to be madly in love with what i do you know true um so that's like that's where i'm trying to figure out how i can get to like where i'm so in love with what i do that i'm thinking of all the little details mm. of the experience and i've been there before and i haven't been there until recently again like within just me coming up to the decision, like I'm just gonna focus on Spokane. Like that's yeah. what I need to do. That's what I needed. That's my current purpose with city I chapters. Love it, I love it. So um yeah, I you know, I've already learned so much, man, on how you think uh, about business and learned a lot more about you. Is there any more that you want to share about Cornerstone Physical Therapy? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know specifically. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's, I think not just with us, really with any practice that you go to, there's a lot of people like us in different, in different um, specialties. You know, yeah. I, I think finding those people because... Healthcare is taking a healthcare is taking a direction of being very corporate. There's a lot of money in healthcare. Yeah, there's a lot of money, and people see that, and and mm -hmm. places get bought up, mm -hmm. and people get bought up. You know, mm -hmm. providers and and it, it that experience. And it, I, I always somebody said this to me before, and they said, your your healthcare or like let's say your primary care provider and who they send you to or just that in general is one of the most sacred things there are yeah, that mm. there is. Mm. And I think a lot of people have made kind of a, really a mockery of it. Like you go anywhere and it's like, who, I'm not even human in these places. Like I'm yeah. just treated like a number. Yeah. And there's some very serious things. You know, I get people all the time that got some serious diagnoses, you know, and, and this is like a very delicate thing. And so, to me, I, I don't want to say like this is just about Cornerstone, but it's just in general is is it, with healthcare specifically is find those people that are treating you like that, like yeah. human, <clears throat> genuinely concerned. You know, like I almost got sick like a few months ago because I had like three patients that I had to refer out for like, you know, cancers, uh, 
exams because I found some lumps, you know, and things like that. And I was terrified for them. Like I cared about and I was worried just like they were. And it's not to say like, hey, that's you want. <clears throat> you can't worry about everybody because we see a lot of stuff. But if you're just like, oh, man, like you're fine. Go, you know, go get this test and come back. Like there's no compassion there. And uh, so I, I always encourage people to like just seek out, you know, whatever it is, dentist, primary, just they're, they're out there. You just got to find them. <clears throat> but people that really care about what, what you're going through and, 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 and to be a part of your team. And then once you got that team like us, we get a lot of people that just come back every few years. I get people that treat me like their primary care provider. Hey, I got, I got that. What do you think? You know, because we've developed that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, a, that's what I like to say about what we've, what we've done is. How you've differentiated yeah, yourself. Man. Yeah. And I will say we, we've, we've thankfully, I'm very honored to have like the reputation of, of being the place that can, can solve like neck and back pain, especially stuff that's very challenging. And I that's, need to that's come fail. see. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we talked a bit about it, man. Juan uh, did some work on me after a game, but I've been having problems with the snowboard season with my neck. Yeah, man. There's, there's, sometimes you just got to have a team. You know, you look at all these athletes, man. They all have a team. Oh, for sure. I think I heard LeBron like James spent a million dollars a year on his health care. Minimum. Minimum. And that's a minimum. And that's yeah. like preventative. Like, yeah. I think Kobe Bryant, his physical therapist, when he was alive, his physical therapist was was with him everywhere he went. Everywhere. You see her behind the bench. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, PT, we, we never got recognized. We're starting to get recognized. And we're starting to yeah. get on TV now a little bit because yeah, of it's- we, you know, it's just a lot of maintenance stuff. It's a lot of day. But anyway, I always tell people, you know, get a team, primary care, physical therapy, Cairo, whatever, get a team and just, you know, as you get older, you need these people a little bit more. But yeah, and especially if you're trying, well, just in general, but as I'm getting older, but I want to keep pushing myself in sports, it's like, how can I take care of myself? Mm. To ensure I can do this for as long yeah. as possible. Cause like, I'm really just getting serious about snowboarding again, you know, yeah. like in a different way than I've ever been before in my life. And I want to elongate that yeah. window. Like, I'm trying to ride in heavy <laughs> into my 40s, yeah. you know, like, like, cause. I messed my twenties up so bad. I did wasn't paying attention to snowboarding that much. You know, I just like lost my love for it. But um, when I ride now, like I, I I just know there's there's a different factor of the way that I get down. You know what I mean? And it's like my 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 snowboarding experience is not over, mm. and I have so much further that I know I can go in it, even if I am thirty three. Like, you know, people like want to like, oh, you too old, man. Yeah. Like I told one homie the other day, you know, he's like, what you been up to? I ain't seen him in a while. And, uh, you know, homie's looking like he's aged. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm still looking pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie, man. I'm like, most people that meet me, they're like, I tell them like, oh, I would have guess you're in your 20s. They're like, yeah. You know, unless they see the gray hairs I got now, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> your boy's got some gray yeah, hairs for no. sure. <laughs> you know, been a lot of stress in your boy's life. But yeah. um, but he was just like, he was like, you know, he's my age, maybe even a year younger or so. And he was just like, kind of like baffled that I'm still snowboarding. And I'm like, Dude, yeah. like, dog, we're, we're not old, dude. But he's just like, man, no, nah, that shit... Oh man, I don't know. Nope, I'm not going out there. I'm like, 
That's too bad, bro. Yeah, no. I'm riding. You know. You remember Mike, the, the guy that used to run the team before me, man, he was in the 70s playing mm-hmm. indoor soccer. Yeah. With a bunch of 20-year-olds, man. Love it, man. <clears throat> but um, Love it. Yeah, I guess, the, the you know, from a formula standpoint that we are talking about earlier, probably my last one, I think it maybe applies to the theme of what you're doing here with the podcast and, and Spokane and everything is um, decisions and whether it's business or whatever, the last one of the other formulas that I use is kind of in this order. I look at things and I answer the question um, from a benefit standpoint is what I'm about to do or what I'm trying to do, is it going to benefit me? And then second, is it going to benefit my family? And third, is it going to benefit my community? Mm. So Spokane. Mm. And then lastly is it going to benefit the environment right so and the the ones we spoke about before with that is i run through those checklists with everything yeah so if i something's going to benefit me but not my family it's not a good it's not a good decision Mm -hmm. usually Mm -hmm. if it's not going to benefit my community it's not a good decision Mm -hmm. so that's the last one that popped in my head when you asked me for yeah. I was like, which ones do yeah. I want to bring up or last thing yeah. I want to talk about? That was the last one I want to throw out there. And I think that kind of goes with what, what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds like you've been doing that too. And it's kind of what brought you back to focusing on Spokane mm. is maybe it wasn't benefiting your community by going more global or whatever it was at the moment. But basically yeah. it's me, family, community, and environment. You know, for so sure. So if I'm doing something and it's all the first three but not the environment, then I, yeah. I try not to do that. Yeah, man. That's why I, bought I like a, that one. That's why I bought a Tesla. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for environmental reasons, right? So, yeah. um, you know, for me, it was like, okay, is it going to work for me my family? Yeah, we're going to get around. We're going to save some money, you know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so whether it's a car, whether it's business, whatever. Yeah, those are important things to think through for sure. And as I've... I think that's a big part of what I've been going through is like really thinking all those kinds of things through. And I haven't been just blindly pushing on my businesses and stuff because of it. Cause I'm like, I am going through all those kinds of questions. Like, what am I really even doing this for? Like, I don't want to just do to do. And I just don't want to just make clothing like mm-hmm. that's just like a catalyst that's an ends to a mean like that's yeah. but that's not the purpose you know what i mean that's just like a way to create my purpose through a physical mm. physical means but that's not the purpose so you know finding how all those benefits affect these different areas in life have to be in alignment you know, and, and for me, of course, the first thing was myself, you know, like what, like the decisions that I had been making were not benefiting myself, yeah. my family, my community, my environment, mm-hmm. the, you know, like, so getting to a place of like, yo, I continuously make good decisions for myself, decisions that respect myself, decisions that show love for myself, decisions that benefit me. Now I've been doing that consistently for a while to where like, all right, I feel good in that area. I'm not perfect. I still make decisions or maybe 
don't eat the best food mm. once in a while, you yeah. know. And I try not to be too hard on myself because you have to have grace too. But um, overall, like I'm making good decisions for myself. So now it's like a lot of those other things of how you can benefit your family, benefit mm. your community, benefit your environment are so much easier once you've taken care of yourself first. Right, yeah. You know, I've never been able to like ignore my personal problems and just focus on business. Um, some people are really good at that, but for me in the balance that I'm trying to have, it's like, that's impossible yeah. to just be living a f dysfunctional life personally. And then just trying to cover that up by being successful in business sure. and letting people see that part of your life, but not really seeing this, all this other crap, you know? So, um, one thing too I wanted to bring up, it, like you've kind of mentioned a few times, you kind of like bring more a, a spiritual aspect into your business uh, or your practice. Yeah, yeah. So you think like maybe not with every client, I sure. would imagine. Like obviously some clients, maybe you read them and you're like, yeah, yeah you know, this isn't where we're going <clears throat> with this person. But with some people, there's there's more of like a spiritual aspect or. Um, kind of vibe or uh practice that you bring mm -hmm. into your physical therapy uh yeah it, that's something that i've kind of tapped into in the last few years and it's not from a standpoint of like um it, it's more it's 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 um it's really hard to explain honestly because i try and explain it. it's just weird because mm. i can't put words to it but yeah. i'll try my best but basically yeah. when you are feeling um so when we're examining somebody, we can feel the area. Let's say it's the back and I'm kind of feeling around. Because I've spent so much time in really listening, like listen, listen, like there's listening and then there's like listening, you know, and, and like I've been able to get the different levels of being able to hear things. And it's really bizarre. Like you can feel in the body people's history. Like I can feel something and ask them, did you go through this? And mm -hmm. like, yeah, how'd you know? You could just feel it. Mm. What is it? I don't know. You can't teach it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But so you've yeah. gotten to like a level where you can feel certain things and it's really helped in solving a problem. Like for example, it just, it happened even today um, where somebody's coming to you for this problem. And I'm like, the problem doesn't really lie in your muscles and bones. You know, th th this is being triggered by something else. And that something else can be like traumas that you've been through. Mm -hmm. And um, and so you can be working on somebody's back and be like, all right, your back feels fine. I know it hurts, but it's fine. And then you can kind of have certain types of discussions with them. And then you can have people in the moment just start bawling, crying, mm -hmm. and their pain instantly goes away. Mm -hmm. Or like I can, you can free up somebody's spine, you know, you can adjust their spine and move it. And then they just start laughing hysterically or mm -hmm. crying. And you're mm -hmm. just like, did it hurt? No, mm -hmm. it didn't. You just, just release, release something. Yeah. yeah, something moved. Some so energy I, that was tied yeah, up. Yeah, and so yeah. you can kind of feel when you really get after, you can feel if this is purely a, an injury, if this is purely something emotional, or if it's a mixture of both. And so that's been what we've been able to do is 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 tap into that for people and say, okay, right. I, I know what we need to do here. And mm -hmm. it might not be me that, that can help you, but I can push you in the right direction. But basically that's kind of the spiritual side of it or, you know, whatever you want to call it is yeah. you can feel it. Yeah. And you can feel it when somebody Maybe sits a better, down. Maybe a better way to talk about it instead of spiritual is energy work. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. people have said that to me before, and yeah. I'm like, I don't know what it's called. I just yeah. like, tapped into yeah. it, and it is what it is. Yeah. Like, but yeah, you can feel it, man, and like you can give people realistic expectations. Like sometimes you're like, man, this person's never going to get better. It doesn't matter what. There's mm. just too much there mm. that they're not willing to address. Mm. And sometimes I'll give them that that awkward, and this kind of why I had to be on my own because mm -hmm. I'll sometimes have to say something that it's really harsh, yeah, or people really don't want to hear. Yeah, and I have to be. I like to be uh, accountable to myself if they're like, you know, screw you, I'm out of here, you guys are weird, I'm out. You know, I was like, well, all right, cool, like I get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> you know, yeah. I've had that happen. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, I f I f I'll find myself compelled to have that conversation with them. I'm like, look, you've been going through this for 20 years, you've been everybody in town, you've had surgeries, you've had, and you're not where you want to be. If you're ready to have a conversation, let's do yeah, it, you know. And I, I try and do yeah. it gent you know, gentle, yeah, and I don't just throw it at them. But right, right. That's the part that you can kind of really tap into when, mm -hmm. when you're doing this and you're taking your time, you know, mm -hmm. and you're not loading up your schedules with 100 visits a day and all these mm -hmm. things. You just, right. But yeah, you get to know people. And so that's, yeah, we've been able to tap into that. And it's, it's been a game changer for helping people. It's awesome. Man. Yeah, man. I love that. Cause I'm all, I'm all about the, you know, vibes, energy, mm -hmm. metaphysical stuff as well. And, you know, that, yeah, we do tie up in, have whatever experiences emotions that we have they can get stuck in our body yeah i know i need body work energy work like <laughs> i've been put <laughs> i've been putting it off for way too long and i've totally. had some done massage yeah. whatever you want to you know mm -hmm. spirit, the medicine bowl yeah. all that kind of stuff I've, and it helps but i need i need it like way more often yeah you know what i mean because i do store a lot of tension mm -hmm. and uh you know i thought like I was really in a good emotional state. The last podcast I did where I was being interviewed hasn't come out yet. Um, I imagine it'll be out before this comes mm -hmm. out. So the podcast I did with TS, The Solution, he interviews me. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's like, so how are you doing? Like, you know, yourself. And I'm like, man, I'm in the best emotional state I've been in in a long time. <laughs> feeling great man that next week all week last week i was just fucking getting really hammered just feeling depressed yeah all sorts of stuff i signed up for that first aid wilderness mm. class i had to get some items on the way that were needed for the class and uh dude i fucking lost it like trying to get the things get to this place like i i'd had a whole like breakdown like a mental Dang. breakdown dude it was bad you know what i mean and i was just i you know i was able to recover i didn't carry it on past even into that whole day it didn't i i i got some peace and solace i got to the hotel i worked out super hard i hit the mm -hmm. hot tub but man it's just like i thought i was fine but then all of a sudden, whatever transpired through that week of the way I was feeling emotionally, and then what these things that happened on Friday, me mm. trying to get all these things that triggered me and like whatever was really going on deep down, I was like, Jesus, man, like, like what's going wow, on? that was insane. I am insane. I, <laughs> I need help again. You know oh, what I mean? Man, like, I'm sorry to hear that, man. But it is what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you know, we can all try to hide those types of things from people, but most of us, we have those moments, dog. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, life's hard. You don't know when it's coming. Yeah. You could be fine. Like I said earlier, 
one day you good and then next day it's like oh shit well i'm not good right now right you know and it's just like luckily i have done a lot of reading on emotional states and different things and i realize like i don't have to let what i went through today and what happened earlier define who i am mm. you know and like I have to have grace for myself and I don't have to continue on these emotions. So I was able to recover from something like that way quicker than I had been able to in the past. But it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? It happened. It happened. <laughs> so, and it just made me realize I got way more work to do. Yeah. You know, and I always have known that. I never have ever felt I've done enough work or that I'm at a place that's not right. uh, temperamental, you know, like you know so damn but you know the way you explain things and working with physical therapy mm -hmm. it's like you know i need to i just need to set up appointment um yeah man what or no, whatever what you're going you know. through there's layers to it man yeah. like you get past one layer and the next and then you just yeah you know i got in that car accident and uh it brought up stuff i didn't even know was there mm -hmm. i was good man like i didn't deal with anything mm -hmm. i was like i'm lucky well, something happened that car actually stirred up things man emotional stuff i never dealt with before in my life and it's there man yeah it's it's, it's wild yeah man. just now working through a lot of that stuff but but um but i love that aspect that you know you at your practice you like yeah you're coming in for this mm -hmm. physical therapy but you're bringing in the full spectrum yeah like okay yeah you're having some physical mm -hmm. ailments or pain but it's really not just that that's going on that's so right. can we work on that can we yeah. do you feel comfortable talking about that like i love that that full aspect and you caring about the client and giving them a real meaningful experience that shows that you care about them sure. like you said like you go to most places and you're just a number like you don't feel any compassion or like whatever you're going through right. you know you're just another person just that another person all right here's what we can do that's it, you know? Yeah, man. So I think we've covered enough. We've probably Dude. gone a while. I don't know where we're at. Uh, two hours and 15 minutes. Two hours and 15 minutes. Wow, so that's man. that's a good run. It's amazing. That's man. a good run. We'll have to. That's. I want to keep going. I but like we just go all night. Man. I know. That's why I said two hours <laughs> can go. All right. So what we're going to call it. Yeah. I'm your host, Bobby J. This is City Chapters Podcast. This is one. Haramisho. There you go, man. I Haramijo. said that more like yeah, Japanese. Yeah. yeah. Mijo. That was more Japanese. Haramijo. Yeah, man. I like that. Was that good enough? Yeah, I like the one you did before, honestly. I might change it up. Yeah, we were talking about sushi. Haramijo. You know, I, I was just bringing in that Japanese <laughs> essence. So, um, anyway, yeah, thank you for listening. If you got all the way through, uh, we'll put the notes, you know, for Juan's business and how you can get a hold of them if you have any uh, physical therapy needs. And you want a little different experience than what um, you've had before. Absolutely, man. Thank We're you, Juan. Dude, I appreciate thank you, you man. man. This was fun. Yeah. All right.